Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. I went to a worship night and a girlfriend of mine from college was like, come with me. It's every Friday. I'm being radically changed. And and up until that point, I called myself a Christian. But when I showed up to this worship night that was being held, not in a church, but in an auto body car shop <laughs> of all places, I, uh, I walked in and I was so surrendered in life at that point. Life was really hard in that season. And literally, it was the perfect moment for me to have a soft heart toward God. And I did. I mean, I walked in and literally, I felt the presence of God so strong that I was pretty much on my knees in the first 10 minutes. I felt so welcomed by Him, by actual God, not just by a group of really nice people. And it was from then on that her life was completely changed. We're joined today by Baylor Wilson. She's a singer, songwriter, and as she likes to call herself, a worshiper of Jesus. Today on Connections, she's going to share with us her testimony, and she's also going to tell us a little bit about her music. We're joined today by Baylor Wilson. She's a singer, songwriter, and she likes to call herself a worshiper of Jesus. Prior to all of this worship music, becoming a singer, songwriter, you were in college, you were into cheer, and you were also on a popular television show. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I grew up in Dallas, Texas with a cheer coach mom. (laughs) My mom owned a cheerleading gym, and I was the coach's kid. That was kind of my title uh, up until I was about 18 before I moved. But that was my sport of choice, but also it kind of just kept me out of trouble. I was so thankful for to have the gym to go to after school. It was my after-school activity. And yeah, my mom and I obviously through that, got really close. She was a single mom most of my life, um, had, was married a few times, but most of the time she was single. And then my little sister came along when I was seven years old and she got thrown into the cheer world as well. And <laughs> we, we just had so much fun. It was such a, um, unique dynamic to, you know, be around your mom a lot because it like, she's your coach and your mom and, uh, usually would be the one that would host all the sleepovers too. So it was so much fun. And through that, um, later in life, like you said, I was, I was on survivor, the TV show, um, in let's see what year, 2014. So I was a sophomore in college. Um, and we got to be on the TV show survivor. And it's so funny because the relation there is that the show wanted us to really hone in on the like cheer story. And so, (laughs) you know, they were like, Missy, cheer mom from Texas, Baylor, cheer daughter. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's, that was kind of our, our big TV moment. And in between, I um, went to a arts magnet high school and danced and sang. Um, What's so funny is I, I used to kind of make fun of that. I was very like prideful about sports until I picked up a guitar and was, um, it was my therapy. I mean, I just played literally till like three in the morning in high school. I just, all I wanted to do is play and write songs. And that's what led me to the arts magnet school. And then after that, I, I was like, should I cheer in college? I don't know. And to make a really long story short, I ended up going out to a cheer tryout in Oklahoma, uh, to try out for the university of Oklahoma cheer, which is a big deal. If you know anything about cheerleading, <laughs> And I ended up meeting the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. I don't know if you know who that is. 
Um, but they are an older country band that have many, many hit songs. And the head, the lead singer just became like a really good friend that, that weekend because he was chilling, waiting for his show. And I was waiting for the results of my cheer tryout. And I ended up not making the team and was like devastated. And Jeff, the lead singer started talking to me on this front porch and he was like, what do you, what do you, what else do you do? And I said, well, I play guitar and I played him some songs and he was like, what are you doing in Oklahoma? You need to move to Nashville. Uh. <laughs> and so that's, that's how I got to Nashville, which I believe now was 100% God's sovereign timing of meeting that man. And God can just use whoever he wants to. So that's how I got to Nashville. And then I started going to Belmont university and I'm so thankful that I did go to school, even though I really wanted to just play music full time. Uh, it was so, it was such a beautiful buffer for me to like have, um, time to grow up, you know, cause I had, as a kid, I grew up really quickly. And so I felt like God was giving me a lot of time to like hone in my craft and also just like have friendship in college and obviously make good grades. So I did that. And then, yeah. And then I graduated and signed my first publishing deal in country music. Um, didn't really know what genre I wanted to be in, but that's kind of where I fell. And three years later, um, I went to a worship night and a girlfriend of mine from college was like, come with me. It's every Friday. I'm being radically changed. And, and up until that point, I called myself a Christian. But when I showed up to this worship night that was being held, not in a church, but in an auto body car shop <laughs> of all places, I, uh, I walked in and I was so surrendered in life at that point. Life was really hard in that season. And literally it was the perfect moment for me to have a soft heart toward God. And I did, I mean, I walked in and literally I felt the presence of God so strong that I was pretty much on my knees in the first 10 minutes. I was just, oh. and I didn't even know what the presence quote unquote, the presence of God was. And what I mean by that is, is I just felt his love, his Holy spirit. I felt, um, I felt so welcomed by him, by actual God not just by a group of really nice people. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it was like, it was such a radical um, born again moment. I mean, I didn't even really know I was being born again because I already thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this was the real deal. And I gave my life to Christ. I always tell people, um, it, now that I know the scriptures, I didn't know this in the time, in the moment, but the scripture that says his kindness leads us to repentance that's what was happening to me. I was feeling the like the the weightiness of his kindness and through that I repented of my sins and and gave my entire life to him. I actually laid my life down. Like where Jesus says, "Deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me." That was actually happening and it was such a beautiful moment and yeah, after that I started writing Christian songs in country co-writes and people thought I was crazy and I didn't care. I was so in love with Jesus. I was like, if you want to write it, we can. If not, peace out, you know? And so now I write Christian music and I have an EP out and a song on the radio and it's amazing. What's that transition been like going from being on TV and singing country music? Yeah, I, uh, it's, I'm glad you asked that because I think a lot when I tell the story, people are like, oh my gosh, that sounds like such a, like an easy, you know, <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> Jesus happened to you and then life was just bliss. No, that's not, that's not the truth. Um, 
you know, I believe God calls people into the wilderness for a reason, you know, and like that happens over and over again in our life. I don't think it happens once. And for me, I was 100% being called to the wilderness, but really not just a wilderness, but like to Jesus himself in the wilderness um, because Jesus went to the wilderness. And so when I was being drawn out of one quote unquote genre of music, really, I was just being drawn out of the obsession with like myself, my dreams, mm-hmm. my own everything, like so much about me. My eyes were so fixed on myself and my current situation. And when I fixed, when I turned them upon up to the Lord, um, I mean, everything f- like fades away. You just can't, you melt, like you can't help, but just, yes, it might quote unquote hurt a little bit for friends to leave you because of your faith or for family to be misunderstanding or, you know what I mean? Like just lots of those, those things that, um, could steal your peace. And, and I definitely had moments of testing, like many, many moments of like, what they don't want the gospel, you know? Uh, but the Lord, man, he blessed me so much with sticking to him, like sticking to the faith and, and, and honestly just reading my Bible, like my life depends on it because it does really change my entire brain because the Bible literally says it will renew your mind. (laughs) (laughs) So I was being supernaturally, emotionally, I mean, spiritually changed from the inside out. And that transition, um, it was hard. I mean, just like a brain surgery is kind of painful in real life. Like it was hard. Um, but when I came out from the, so to speak, supernatural anesthesia, (laughs) um, I, I woke up to such just an incredible reality of like God's life for me. Like there was just no more like wondering what I'm supposed to do with my life. I just follow his voice and he leads me, you know? So I love that because a lot of people, when they go through something like this, it's scary. And heck no, I'm not sharing my faith with you, especially if you've been in that secular world for so long. It's like, no, I'm not, I'm going to share. No, no. What are they going to think? No, no, no. I love how passionate about this you are and how you are sharing your heart and you're not being afraid. Right. Yeah. There were so many people actually that I, I got to witness to. And it's so funny because like, y'all, I call myself a Christian, but like, I didn't, I didn't know the scriptures at all. And I didn't realize that I was like already like evangelizing and witnessing like (laughs) right away, like, like pretty much the day, the week after I came to Christ, I was in the the co-writing sessions with people and just telling them the gospel as if like, maybe they know it, maybe they don't, I don't know, but I thought I was a Christian. Here you go. And people would just weep. Like there was so many people that I would come in contact with that had been hurt by the church or, um, just had bitterness toward their dad or their mom or just whatever. It was just the Holy spirit would lead me into these conversations where we ended up not writing a song. It was like a counseling session and it was incredible. It was so spirit led. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It was like when the Lord struck my fire of faith, like my flame, you know, like, like a match, I was on fire and, and I pray that I stay on fire and that filled, Um, but I was just like going around just lighting people's flames. (laughs) How amazing is it to, to be able to use your own faith to help others and just watch their faith grow? 100%. I think that's the whole point of this Christian walk is not only to like bring people to Christ, but more importantly, like in the family of faith to encourage and warn and, and, you know, 
wrap your arms around them when they're in mourning and, and dance with them when they're rejoicing. Like that's the gospel. Like we're called to like literally walk together as a body of Christ toward Jesus, who's our future husband, y'all. <laughs> like this is exciting. And I think um, we just forget because this life is hard and Jesus promised that in this life we would have trouble, but to take heart. I think that verse can get so redundant sounding in our in our little minds but if we really slowed it down and like actually meditated on the fact that he Jesus himself promised that then in the midst of trials it wouldn't feel so hard it would feel like an honor like okay wait god you're sovereign you brought me here you knew i could handle it and if i can't you're going to give me the strength until i can <laughs> and and on top of that i have brothers and sisters hopefully in the name of jesus that will walk with me through it it's a great reminder, especially right now where people are like, Hey, you know what? I'm so done with this. What's going on. There's so much animosity in the world. Nobody's getting along. It's a great reminder. Yeah. Lord help us all. <laughs> we got to stick together as brothers and sisters. And if you're not a brother and sister yet, you can know Jesus and you can become one. So besides your music and spreading the gospel through your music, uh, you're also doing this via your podcast and so many other ways. Tell us a little bit about what you're up to nowadays. Yeah. So I, um, I started a podcast right around the time, probably the middle of the pandemic. I was about to go on radio tour and Nashville got this massive storm, snowstorm, where we had like, I don't know, nine inches or something. It was, it was insane and awesome. But I couldn't leave the next day because of safety on the roads. Like we couldn't leave town. And so I was praying because I had been so excited to like go and preach the gospel and sing and meet radio friends and do this kind of thing, you know? And I felt the Lord say, start a podcast. And I was like, was that just me? Like, that sounds like a Baylor idea. And I was like, wait, every good gift comes from God. Hold on. And so I'm praying, praying, praying. And I felt so much peace. So I just, in my in-laws upstairs bedroom, went upstairs, Googled how to start a podcast <laughs> and started a podcast. And it was called the Jesus Happened Podcast. It's had a name change since then. Recently, I felt like God told me to change the name to the Hallelujah Amen Podcast, mm -hmm. um, which it's all about just praising the Lord. The word hallelujah literally means praise be to Yahweh. And so I felt like, I wanted, I wanted a central hub for myself and my listeners to remember that our life is just supposed to be full of praise and thanksgiving. And, and for every story or testimony or scripture that I read on the podcast, I want people to, to turn their eyes to Jesus, including myself. So it's kind of like a, an audio journaling slash storytelling podcast, um, which has been so fun. And then on top of that, I lead worship at my church, um, it's so awesome. It's this little small church in Nashville and we are, we are in 100% a season of like massive revival in all of our lives. And I, what I mean by that is I don't necessarily mean that there's people by the thousands showing up, you know, if that happens, hallelujah. But I mean that in all of our individual lives, we are being revived again, mm -hmm. um, in, at a whole new level. And something that my pastor teaches us a lot that I'm learning is like we can be a, a walking revival as Christians if we will just be revived first. <laughs> and I'm learning all about that. I'm I'm reminding myself daily to be revived, um, to just believe the gospel. That's all that means is like 
being resurrected from ourselves up to life with Christ, you know? So that's what I'm up to. I, I got married last year. My husband and I were, this is our, I guess, second Valentine's to celebrate. We have a puppy named Willow. <laughs> She's huge, great Pyrenees. She's hilarious. And yeah, that's kind of what I'm up to. And obviously I'm writing for a new project too, which is exciting. And I noticed uh, on your social media that a door has closed. But what I love about you, again, is how you've taken this, you put your faith into it and you're like, ah, a door is closed, but a new season is coming. Yeah. Well, one of the first, I'll answer that question with this memory I'm having, as you said that, um, one of the first dreams that God ever gave me was before I even fully gave my life to Christ, I was um, in a really kind of a toxic relationship with a boy in college and he broke up with me and it was so, I'm so thankful. Thank you, Jesus. But in that moment, I was absolutely devastated. I was total like 21 year old girl getting her heart broken. And I had a dream that night where I was standing on a narrow road and there was two doors to my left and right. And one of the doors was the, was a narrow gate. I didn't know Matthew seven yet. Uh, and to the left was this large door that was really exciting looking. It was like appearing and disappearing. And then in front of me was what I now know as eternity, like this beautiful mountains and greens and sunsets and just like, that's where I wanted to be. And I knew it. And my feet were stuck on the road. I didn't know which door to take, which door to walk through. And I woke up and that was it in that dream. And now fast forward, obviously um, the Lord has given me further revelation on that dream that like, obviously he wants us to walk through the narrow gate. And that doesn't always mean that we're going to get to walk through the quote unquote, what the world looks like exciting doors. Um, but sometimes it will because God allows exciting doors to open. But then when, when things need to close, it's always for our protection. And so for me, after walking through many of the wrong doors and now many of the right ones, praise the Lord, um, I now know that when I, when a door closes, whether it was good or bad for me, God is sovereign and he's so faithful. Like he can open up a door in two seconds, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, thanks for, for reading that post. And, and I am, I always go back and read my own post to encourage myself. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I wrote that. And also that's the season I'm in is this beautiful trust fall into God's arms season all over again. So it's really awesome. Like, Literally, God closes doors all the time, and we think that it's like for our for our worst, but it's always for our best. The Bible says that He disciplines those He's He loves, and I'm, the doors closing doesn't always mean He's disciplining you, but it could. And a good father disciplines his children, and so for me, I didn't grow up with an active father figure, and so but my mom was really disciplinary, and so I always thrived on somebody correcting me. But other people, I have friends that. That did not feel good to them. Um, and so if that's you, like, I just pray that the Lord would like reveal to you that his discipline is his kindness. It's his love. It's his protection. He doesn't mean it for harm. He doesn't mean it for evil. He has your best intentions at heart. You know, one time I was at coffee with a friend. It was a guy friend of mine, a brother in Christ, who's still a really dear friend. And I was, I was worrying about who I was going to marry. And I had this obsession with, I don't know who I'm going to marry. And Ah, and I still hadn't surrendered that yet to the Lord. And my friend said to me, Baylor, every good gift comes from God. He only gives good gifts. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? And now that I'm married to my husband, I realize that is the truth. Like 
if we could just release whatever our dream is, our, our hope is, if it's a husband, it's a dream, a job, a weight loss thing, whatever it is, he will, he will give you the gift in its perfect timing in his way. And you will be mind blown at how much peace you feel, how, how much you can worship God through receiving the gift. It's just incredible when we trust him. Trust him and look at the world in a whole new perspective. You mentioned earlier a new album. When is that coming out and what can people expect? Yeah. So there's no set date yet um, because I have a current song called Joy Comes in the Morning that is on Christian radio um, along with my other three songs on Spotify, Apple, um, and you can find those anywhere. You can ask Alexa if you want to to play my (laughs) songs, which is awesome. But the new music is currently being written. It's being birthed. Um, just through my life experience. And like we're talking about, the door closing is is great song material. Yes. <laughs> so I'm so thankful for that. He is definitely teaching me on an even more intimate level how to write music with him and for him. Um, and I don't know when that's coming out yet, so I can't really give you a date, but um, definitely in the next year. So for people who want to keep up with you, want to know what's happening with you and find out when that CD is coming out, how can they go about doing that? I think the best way to keep up with me is probably via Instagram, which my Instagram is just my name, at Baylor Wilson. But obviously, another way is through my website, BaylorWilson.com. Or if you're ever just really wondering what I'm up to, you can email me, uh, BaylorWilsonMusic at gmail.com. Thank you so much for making time for us. Absolutely. God bless you. And thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, if you want to listen to the full conversation again or to any of the other conversations that we've had here on Connections, you can do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike, Tom, and Colleen Hood. You can find that at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.